What's important to you? What's important to me? Making sure my family is well taken care of, my home secure, and not overpaying for necessities like home insurance and car insurance. My South Carolina Farm Bureau agent, Grant Williams, not only ensured I had the correct coverage, but he combed through my policy and removed anything I didn't need, which turned into savings for me. He's professional, very knowledgeable, and a pleasure to work with. Grant not only took care of my home and car insurance needs, more importantly, educated me about life insurance and set me up with the policy that's affordable and earns cash value, which allows me to use the money from the policy while I'm still alive. Most people put life insurance off until it's too late or too expensive. And Grant helped me make the adult decision. Call him today at 803-995-8484. If my dad can't save you money on your car insurance, he doesn't even want your business. On this week's episode of Carolina Sports Talk, we talk conference championship football. We got a little NBA scores, some big deal, no thing, and nothing to do with sports. Let's go! Another all-new episode of Carolina Sports Talk starts now. Can y'all feel that? Can you feel that thing that's oozing out your doggone hands? That thing is beating your doggone chest right now. Can you feel that? Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Carolina Sports Talk. It's your man, Big Cliff. Thank you for checking us in with your favorite podcast app. Next time, tell tell your smart speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. You can hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff, at carolinasportstalk.net to be a part of the show. Or you can hit us up on Facebook or Instagram at Carolina Sports Talk. Make sure you're chiming in in the brand new Facebook group, Carolina Sports Talk. Talk. It is a privilege to be back with you. As always, I am joined by my main man of yours, DJ Highstar. Holla at the people, brother. Here. What's up, man? Uh, to the fans out there, I was expecting uh, roasted chestnuts on an open fire this week. Apologize. <laughs> Can't provide you the beautiful rat backdrop, but we here, man. Let's get it, baby. So without further ado, wait for it. I'm going too fast. You're doing wrong. Bro, how was your weekend? It's cool, man. Uh, Jam packed. Uh, back to working, and I just got a really a uh, hectic schedule and stuff. But it's blessings, man. We starting off this February by ending the January very, very good. Thirty one days of sobriety. You Let's know go. what I'm saying? Yeah, so, that's 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 that gets some love out here in these streets, man. Again, you know, Carolina Sports Talk fam is my fam, so I'm transparent in all aspects and. Going through this journey with y'all, man. I appreciate everybody that's out there that's rooting for your boy. But, you know, Carolina Sports Talk gives me a little outlet to, you know what I'm saying, to uh, exercise my passion, if you will, and substitute that for for everything else, for getting turned up. Heard. So you're getting turned up on sports is what you got going on out here. Exactly. Exactly. Let's get it. Well, without further ado, man, I'm, I'm glad you're doing great. Uh, shout out to everybody out there on your journeys who are making accomplishments and taking these strides towards your goals. Shout out to y'all doing y'all thing, man. Uh, but yeah, without further ado, let's jump into some football. We had two amazing games this past weekend with the NFL Conference Championships. In the NFC, we had the 49ers of San Francisco going down to the LA Rams 
20 to 17. We had the uh, AFC Championship, the Chiefs, the mighty Chiefs, falling to the Bengals 27 to 24 in overtime. So we have our Super Bowl matchup of the LA Rams going up against the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, bro, it was some good football, man. We had a chance to watch one of the games together, man. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to ask you which one you, you you love the most, but I will go ahead and ask you, bro, do you happen off the top of your head to know what your record was this past week uh, in, go, in the games? It was two of them, so it hopefully is easy enough for you to remember. No, I don't. Uh, and the picks that you selected last week, bro. No, I'm just playing, bro. One I, and one. Know, I'm, 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 which I'm is, is futile. It doesn't. I mean, <laughs> okay, all right, we get it, we get it. And there was another person who is on this show with you who happens to be two and O. Oh. Uh, do you know? Happen to know who that brother is? No. <laughs> Stupid. I'm not going to let you get the chance. Well, let me help you out with it. This is your man, Big, Cl- Big Cliff, Sports Stradamus. As I have been reporting for weeks, the Cincinnati Bengals are uh, going to the Super Bowl. I said that they would, I knew originally uh, when I made the proclamation that they would play them close. And I said then that they would be up against the, Chief in the a- Chiefs in the AFC Championship. What I did not expect then, I, I, I didn't have the, the basis back then to even say, hey, they're going to win. But the, the feelings grew stronger as the weeks went on with the play of Mr. Joe Burrow. Um, the dude is the truth, man. He has that grit. He has the tenacity that uh, I think can win him a Super Bowl and, and really allow him to kind of etch himself in a little bit of history. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I've seen um, a couple of things online. I think he probably would be uh, one of a very, very few uh, fraternity of of NFL um, players, I think quarterbacks, even a uh, group of Joes that would uh, actually make history with winning the Heisman, the national championship and the Super Bowl win. Uh, now, I don't know how many have done it um, in close su- succession that, that he would kind of perform it in as far as these years that he's performed it in. Mm-hmm. Um, and his performance has been, you know, optimal at an elite at, you know, in such a, small sample size as far as time goes but i i realized and had an epiphany on why i really rock with dog uh this past weekend man and it's you know of course the macaulay caulking um slick hair gel <laughs> thing that he has going on and the, and the cigars and the, and the glasses or the shades rather but mm-hmm. ultimately say his name you say it slow and then speed up, if you will, if you can repeat his name. So it's like Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, Joe Bro, Joe Bro, Joe Bro. <laughs> you know, I'm one for, always for the bro monikers and figuring out a new moniker that I could use the word bro or brosifin. And um, I, 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 you know, I, I saw it this past this past weekend or the beginning of this week. I said, you know what that. Joe Burrow is just simply bro, like sounded all the way out. <laughs> or somebody with a speech, a speechless. Right. Joe, Yo, Joe Burrow. 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 I see where I see where you're going with that. But no, I, I, I'm I'm thoroughly impressed with this play. This game was just an amazing game for them to be have, to have been down. I think it was 21-3 in that first half. Um, and to come all the way back 
and win the game. And, and, and throughout the second half, score, holding Patrick Mahomes and his chief offense that over the previous six quarters seemed untouchable. Um, they they were playing at such a high level with what we and many are calling the greatest game playoff game in history just last week with them overcoming that in a game that they honestly could have lost then. But again, that offensive firepower just boosted in and shot up so quickly that it didn't give them an opportunity to even lose. Um, and and, and <laughs> we'll get to the overtime uh, rule in just a few Thank minutes you. about it. Uh, but. It, it looked like they were unstoppable and then to come back man like i even listened i can remember in the car listening to espn radio and one of the announcers was like at, at the time it was 14-3 if they go down at 21-3 to this chief's team there is no way that they're gonna come back and he was saying it with some bravado in his throat like like he really thought and meant what he was saying but um i really wish i had been in a car to be able to have been listening at that point when they did come back and, and what kind of song he was singing there because it, it appeared like it was going to be over, but th- they fought back. Now, in uh, in the particular with this one, uh, the game was tied going into overtime. Uh, we're sitting at the uh, at our frat brother's house watching the game, and I said to you then, I said, uh, if they call heads, if they do not call tails, they are going to lose this game. Um, it, it, it was just I had the belief and and the real thought that it was going to be tails. And if the Chiefs got the game, got the ball first, it was going to be just what we said. Uh, what I said last week, whoever gets the coin flip does determine the game winning. Your argument to me at that point was, or last week, was that no, it does not determine the game. Is that right? My argument was simply that the overtime rules should stay the same. I didn't <laughs> want to overcomplicate things. So if you'd like to you know, refresh my memory, I'm, I'm all for it. But I, again, stand the same situation, a position that I did last week that the overtime rules shouldn't change. I mean, and, and I get it. I, I, here's what I'll do. I will concede the point that although I'm always in favor of extra and more football, um, this, this week showed that if you, the coin flip does not designate and determine uh, who won the game, um, or who's going to win overtime because um, <laughs> the Bengals lost that coin toss, as I said that they would, but they said, no, we're still going to make you right in your picks. Or you were wrong about us losing, but we're going to make you right ultimately with that. We're going to go ahead and get this interception on uh, Mr. Patrick Mahomes and slide this thing on down with our rookie quarterback. Uh, SEC means more, folks. I know there's a lot of folk, uh, listeners here. Uh, actually, we have the all-time leading Big Ten rusher, uh, freshman rusher out of Wisconsin that listens in. Shout out to our frat brother. But SEC means more. The pressure that that young man has faced uh, at the quarterback position in Southeastern Conference, along with even their kicker, man, uh, it just shows that those boys come in and prepared at a whole different level, especially like you mentioned, for them, him, Jamar, for so many of them to just be two years in, one year in, and playing at this high level, man, it's it's, it's, it's definitely encouraging to watch. Um, I had Absolutely. Discuss- Go ahead. No, I was going to say absolutely. I think the other thing to be said you know, um, one argument that we did kind of have a, a mini argument that we had over the weekend and I didn't get to do my research, my proper research. I was saying that you said or compared Joe Burrow to Cam Newton. And it may have been just comparing this year's Bengals to to the Panthers, you, you know, to Cam Newton's Panthers. However, the the similarity that he has with a, one Cam Newton in his prime or Aaron Rodgers or even a Tom Brady is the competitiveness that he shows. Um, you can tell players that 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 don't take no for an answer. You can tell players that have that grit 
to push through any kind of adversity and will, you know, go on the sideline after an interception and be excited to get back on the field to prove to themselves and everybody else that that was a fluke or that was just, you know, a mistake. And let me show you how I could stand up in the face of adversity. And, and, and Joe Burrow has it at the end of the day. He's, he's, a, he's a true competitor. Absolutely. That's the scary thing. And, and that's the big thing. He's, he's got that it. Um, he doesn't have the arm strength of maybe like uh, the arm talent of, of a Justin Herbert or the speed of a Lamar or anything like that. But he's got something that is going to really allow him, if they mess around and get him an offensive line and continue to add to those skill positions. Because, again, they are so young. He's only in his second year. A lot of these other – Jamar Chase is a uh, – I should say freshman. He's a rookie. And so there are just so many of them that are going to be able to come back that they can continue to build that defense, continue to build offense, and, again, draft some offensive linemen for Lord's sake. Listen, we know y'all spent your first uh, – your top five pick this year on alignment, but ultimately you need to go ahead and get some more because it's similar to the Panthers. You want to protect your investment. But let's talk about that from a, from a Panther lens for a second. Um, throughout the year, we've had a lot of folks um, been hitting us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff at carolinasportstalk.net. They've talked to us in conversation on phone, text, and everything, saying how, well, it's not the quarterback's fault if the Panthers had an offensive line, we'd be all right. And that's cool. And I get that argument. Uh the Carolina King, Jason Lee, is one of the biggest proponents of the offensive line, the offensive line. But Joe Burrow is evidence that if you have a quarterback with some quality skill position players, and he doesn't even have the, the wide receiver talent, in my opinion, that the Carolina Panthers have. Yes, I know we suffered from the yips and the drops throughout the year uh, with your man, Robbie No Henderson, <laughs> and, and even with some of the, our, our tight ends and other ones just having critical and crucial drops at just the worst, the worst possible time. But however, comma, even with all of that being said, if you implant Joe Burrow on the Carolina Panthers roster at day one, I believe that we are in the conversation for the Super Bowl, realistically speaking. I honestly believe that with that grit that he shows, and even with the terrible line that we have, because for him to last week have gotten sacked nine times, for this week to have been under pressure 26 times and still be going to the Super Bowl, it's, it's something to be said about that quarterback. So he is definitely evidence to the contrary of that argument. What are your thoughts on absolutely. that, Absolutely. No, nah, absolutely. If you think about um, this, I can't remember what week it was. And, and, you know, I need to forgive myself for trying to remember exactly what week it was. But Sam Darnold was in a post-game conference or a post-game interview uh, this year where he looked dejected exasperated at all costs um he just looked like he uh you know he was without joy and without any kind of motivation to to keep going and that and I think he um one of the questions that he may have answered is is like like kind of like what's next or what do you do you know in in the face of all this adversity and stuff and his his answer was pretty uh mediocre and bland and it was uh, it was very lackluster. It wasn't what we were looking for as fans. And I think he said something along the lines of like, you know, he doesn't know or, or to just keep going. I, I can't remember exactly what it was. And if you can, you could kind of refresh my memory. But it was it was very unimpressive the way that he handled the, the question that was posed to him, where I know for a fact um, Joe Burrow wouldn't even be happy wouldn't even have to be asked that question, if you will, because his performance shows what his answer to that question would be. But 
Refresh my memory if you if you if you do recall that question at all, Big Cliff. No, you absolutely you absolutely hit it on the head. He was asked how does he recover or what is it what was his feelings about it. He was like, well, it was a loss is a loss. We just got to go back and get ready for next week. It was not only was it just one of the canned answers. It was the way that he delivered it. Like like you say, exactly lackluster. Like <laughs> why are you asking me that? I'm going out here and play football. I'm just going to do my job. No no care, no ownership of the team, no leadership, no possession of of the loss itself. It's just like I'm just here to go do my job, and that's it, man. It's he gives no encouragement. Yeah, I mean, so you want to stay in Carolina for for a minute? Uh, looks like you know what the uh, the rumors running around. Or, the, the, or the, did the, you start that rumor? We, did about you start to... that rumor? <laughs> I was getting ready to say, don't even claim that to be a rumor. So you started uh, it. I, I, I it wasn't so much that I started it, and it's not a rumor. So I stop saying did. it. But what he's referring to, you guys, is with the Rams' um, 20-17 to 17 victory over the San Francisco 49ers, there was one particular play, and it was actually, I got because I got to give respect where it's due, uh, one of my buddies on Facebook, Mr. Al Thomas, about 13, no, not even that much, maybe four and a half to five minutes before Jimmy threw the interception, he literally put on Facebook, now, now, y'all know Jimmy G going to go ahead and throw a pick so that there's no even doubt at all. And I literally went to reply on it, bro, I think you might be right. And before I could hit enter, Jimmy G had thrown a pick. And in that moment, the very first thought that came to my mind, watch the Panthers go and do something dumb like sign this dude here. And then that just blew up in every... <laughs> so there's no rumors. I haven't yeah, talked... you planted to- the seed. Not e- Listen... And I've also planted the seed because I and I tagged them on Facebook. I said, Carolina Panthers, if y'all sign this dude, I am finding a new team, bro. And not only am I serious about this, I'm the soul serious that I'm literally going to be one of the fans that goes and pulls all of my Carolina stuff, put it in my fire pit, light it ablaze, bro. I'm that serious. I don't care if he comes and he just gets rid of all of his yips and he leads them to a Super Bowl victory. I am so serious with the fact that I would abandon ship if they Big sign Cliff. Jimmy Garoppolo, bro. Have, have you have you heard of the law of attraction, bro? I mean, again, this is all this this high <laughs> blood pressure that you're projecting is all self-inflicted. You are the one who planted the seed and you are running with this. So if it does come to fruition. There's no one to blame but Big Cliff of Carolina Sports Talk. Do you understand that right I, now? I, like, but no, because even worst, with that, it'll be the worst. Do you know how many times you've um, applauded yourself and lauded yourself for being Sports Tradamus? Mm-hmm. And this would be the worst possible time for you to be Sports Tradamus. Do you understand? I would never want to be wrong more than this. Exactly. Because <laughs> I want to. I want like honestly, when you texted me that. I didn't know what else to say because, again, it was not a rumor. It was nothing that was up on my sports ticker or any kind of, you know, nothing that nobody was talking about but you. So I wanted you to be clear that if you, like, say, oh, I'm abandoning ship and forget the Panthers if they do this, it's like, bro. (laughs) (laughs) So basically I just quit on my team is what you're saying. Or you, no, it's just no. You you seriously would have nobody. For one, you would have nobody to blame but yourself. But for two, the next, the very next sentence that should come out of your mouth is, "Man, watch I be a millionaire next year. Watch I be a millionaire <laughs> next year." Because no one in their right mind was even thinking or talking about this until he threw an interception, bro. 
No, 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 well, not so much that. There have been whispers about it and how you know we could potentially trade for him, especially ever since since they traded uh, drafted for Trey Lance. There were some conversations about who, where could kind he get a good fit. Go. Yeah, exactly. And so he pretty much knew that he was a lame duck on some Patrick Mahomes, Alex Smith type situation from the beginning of the year. He thought that if he could play and hopefully have taken them to the Super Bowl and performed, that that might have changed the, the minds or had gotten him a more a little bit closer to the Brett Favre type thing where he could have a couple more years. But him being the epitome of who he is has disqualified all schools of those thoughts. And with regard to me being the only individual, the minute that I posted it online, countless Carolina fans said, yep, same th- I thought the same thing. And it's like, oh, no, you can book that. He good is coming here. Because that is the literally the type of quarterback that this – I started to say this franchise. This administration really seems like they'd like. The guy with the big arm, the talent, the, the, the aura around his name a little bit. Looks like a Baywatch bodyguard, lifeguard. <laughs> Could easily play Superman in any number of films. Like, yeah, the chin. Yeah, either Superman or uh, Mr. Fantastic. Either one. I could see him doing both. But, like, he, he, they, they love that look. And so, oh, Lord help us if it happens. Because I, when I say this from the bottom of my heart, I have not. People be like, so who was your team before the Panthers? I had none. I was a college football fan prior to the Carolina Panthers coming in the league. And that, them, them coming, that franchise arriving for the Carolinas, brought me to NFL and to the love of the game. If they sign Jimmy Garoppolo, I will no longer be a Carolina Panthers fan. I, I just can't I just can't set myself up for that that heartbreak and heartbreak. That's like finding a beautiful woman that you just love, but you know she's uh promiscuous or that she's in love with somebody else, but you still gonna give it a chance. No, that's setting yourself up for failure. I'm not with it. I can't do it. Won't do it. Can't try. So uh, Carolina Panthers fans, Carolina Panthers, Carolina Sports Talk fans, if they sign Jimmy Garoppolo, you guys will be responsible for helping me select my two teams, my new team. We're going to go ahead and have a little uh, contest, if you would, a bracket style, and I'm going to let the fans pick who I'll be a fan of and which NFL team will be my team for at I least mean, one season, and then we'll see moving past from it, there. It, it, it sounds like you booked it already, bro. But uh, outside of that, I'm I telling say you, let's if they do. <laughs> You keep, uh, uh, I'm done. I'm done. Uh, come on, bro. Come on, man. The next, you're, you're, now you're I will say this. Projecting it. Well, well, well right. as we're projecting, let's go ahead and project. Let's talk you, about you. As I am, say I, you take that possessively, not we. <laughs> I don't, I don't even think that it's, I don't think it's happening, but go ahead. No, no, I'm not talking about that. I said, let's project, if not Carolina, where he may go. I'm going to say a team name. You say yes or no. All right. The Pittsburgh Steelers. I can see that. The Houston Texans in a trade for Deshaun Watson. You said say yes or no. So yes. Um, who else needs a quarterback at this point? Now, I heard something else that the Giants may be looking with their new coach to deal Mr. Uh, Daniel Jones. Could you see a Daniel Jones for Garoppolo trade? Uh, yeah, I mean, at, at this point, you know, I think Daniel Jones is still too young where his probably his his agents and his representatives wouldn't want him sitting behind Trey Lance. I mean, I, I could understand um, competing for the job with Trey Lance, but I don't I, I wouldn't see him winning that job in San Fran. Uh, what about New Orleans? I could definitely see him in New Orleans. 
Send but why, well, why are we even giving this guy this time? Look, it should go to somebody <laughs> from Carolina this time that we're this showtime that we're that we have right now, bro. Well, I tell you what, you yeah. don't even like Jimmy G. I do not. I want him. I want to find a home for this man, <laughs> so that my team does not accidentally find a home for this man. Because there's, li- listen, and if that's somebody calling to go ahead and get get him out to <laughs> their I think, team, then, I think it was his reps. That's, that's his reps. They call it in. It's like, yo, listen, y'all got too much going on. Let's let's go ahead exactly. and talk. Exactly. Stop talking. You you making my clients' uh, value decline. <laughs> you blowing up the spot, bro. Chill. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? That was a perfect segue. Prior to that, though, you talked about let's give that time to somebody from South Carolina. Even in loss, we got to show some love for the Carolina kid, Mr. Debo Samuel. Man, the the, the San Francisco 49ers all world everything. Um, shout out to him becoming one of a, a specific member club um, with just two other members. He's the first wide receiver in history with 500 rushing yards and a thousand receiving yards in a season. And so shout out to him. Um, and, and I think the other two were like Marshall Falk, Marshall, Marshall Falk and LaDainian Tomlinson. So uh, he's the yeah. first wide receiver to do that. Shout out to Debo, man. Big shout out to Debo, Samuel. I, and, uh, a moment of transparency mm-hmm. with the Carolina Sports Talk family. If this is a no judgment zone, uh, I thought that he was a like when I when I first saw him in San Fran and just the name Samuel on the end. Mm-hmm. I I admit that for for a series or two or three or maybe a game or so <laughs> that I thought that he was uh, one Curtis Samuel. Formerly uh, of the Carolina Panthers, and I just thought his nickname was Debo. Was Debo. <laughs> <laughs> just to make you guys chuckle out there, you know, I'm not the I'm not the Claremont of uh, sports, so just letting y'all know, you know. What I'm oh, he got a new name, a name Debo now. He can leave Carolina. Got a new name. Yeah. That's Man. a hard nickname. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Listen, <laughs> let me find out you're the king of mistaken uh, identity. Hey, yo. Indeed. <laughs> but yeah, now nah, he he. You could tell that that loss hit him hard. Um, when you put your passion uh, and, and your love out, not just for a game, but for um, your career and for for like everything that you've got moving forward. Um, you're going to hurt like that, man. And to see Odell Beckham Jr. go and give him some respect. Um, I heard some haters say some other stuff, but for them to recognize who and what he is for the 49ers. There's a couple of Carolina kids out there on that squad, too, out in San Fran. I, uh, I did peep. I forgot Josh Norman was even still in the league, but uh, he was a member of the secondary over there. So um, it's tough loss for them. Um, I do not know where they move forward next year. I don't know if Trey Lance is um, starter ready, ready, but we'll see what the San Francisco 49ers are able to do. Now, as we get ready to move forward, um, just before we move forward, the Chiefs, man, do you think that this loss is reflective as more of an end to their dynasty or just a, a, a stumbling block for them to come back next year and rebuild? Yeah, I think it's simply a stumbling block, honestly. It, like, let's let's admit it and let's let's go ahead and put it out there. It's tough to win in the NFL. One thing that we have seen in this postseason, hey, to get to that next week, it takes a lot. Like, um, it just takes a lot. It takes a lot. Like, again, I wouldn't even put it past it that there was some uh some lag or some some almost a hangover type of vibe from the Bills game, if you will. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of uh, throughout the season, a lot of the uh, 
Chiefs, I think, was banking on their name and their brand throughout the season and taking a lot of teams for granted, got away with a lot of things and and got to got to get some W's that they um, may not have deserved um, throughout the season. And I think it caught up with them, uh, keeping games close or and, you know, again, Patrick Mahomes having such a hot start. I think we need to give uh, the defense of Cincinnati a lot of credit as well. Um for for showing up like they did also mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you know it's just a thing where you know Patrick Mahomes is the half bill, half billion dollar man so it it's not you're not going to you're not going to abandon this ship or you're not going to dismantle and say we're rebuilding or anything like that it's simply a stumbling block and you don't unless you're the Rams of this year you don't build for the for oh this dyna- it's like you know you're not you're not like a Laker situation where you're, all right, yeah, Super Bowl or bust every single year. No, you want to, in the NFL, you want to be in the conversation every year mm-hmm. and be amongst those top three or four teams that that everyone kind of has the understanding or knows that, hey, they can, yo, they can get it. You know what I'm saying? Like um, the Packers this year, I think there was just a kind of a finality to them because we knew Aaron Rodgers' situation. However, the past five years, it's never been a, a year or a season where we would be, unless it was an Aaron Rodgers injury, where we would be like, oh, the Packers are not in the conversation or we wouldn't bring up the Packers' names if people, you know, when people were saying possible Super Bowl winners. So it's always a thing where you want to be in that conversation, not necessarily be the favorite on everyone's list in the beginning of the season all the way through and, and ride it all the way through the season and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And Andy Reid is um, experienced enough where in you know his years in Philadelphia he's gonna have the teams similar to Mike Tomlin he's gonna have the teams performing enough to where we're gonna get to that postseason and hey postseason in the NFL is unlike any other you know what I mean mm-hmm. one and done baby now I will say this um you you said a name just now and it's the main reason that I have a little bit of pause about what they'll be able to be next year Andy Reid if you think back to his time with the Philadelphia Eagles, Andy Reid uh, took that team to four consecutive NFC championship games, winning only one of them, going to the Super Bowl and losing once. It's a similar pattern with what he's doing here in Kansas City, uh, with the with the lone exception that the Super Bowl that he made it, the, one of the Super Bowl he made it to, he won. They have lost one, and now he's just continuing to stumble again in the champion, conference championships. It'll be interesting to see if that pattern holds and continues or if this team is legitimately the dynasty that they seem to be. So um, we'll keep an eye out for them next season and see how they start. I think how they start will be uh, reflective of how they'll be able to go through next year. Because if you remember this year, they started off a little rocky, then caught stride. If they come out rocky again, it may be indicative of some bigger problems out there. But if they come out strong, they may be able to be the champions and or the favorites for the championship and ride that through the season. Uh, shout out to the one fan as we get ready to change gears just a little bit, um, who correctly predicted, not only did he just pick the right, the games right, like Sportsradamus did over here, but he exactly predicted both scores uh, and on and listed them on the fan duel and through the parlay turned twenty dollars into five hundred thousand dollars. I I'm not a gambling man, but a uh, I could use a half billy real quick. You know what I mean? So let me find out. With that in mind, let's go ahead and pick the Super Bowl. 
Um, it's the last game of the NFL season coming up in two weeks, so we'll mention it now, uh, and we'll maybe talk a little bit more about it next week as the Super Bowl stories come out. But we've got the Rams taking on the Cincinnati Bengals, bro. This is the first game of the season that I'm going to ask you for a score. So tell me who wins, and what do you think the final score will be? Um, I'm going to go with the Rams. I'll say 27 to to 23. Well, no, 27 to 24. Um and I got the Rams at home. Okay. I am going to go the other way. I'm picking the Bengals to win. And I want to say that the score will be 24-21. In true fashion to what these playoffs have been, it's going to be a tight-fought game. And um, I think it comes down to a field goal yeah, late. And, and I've got the Bengals winning the championship. And I'm encouraged by it because that means – when Aaron Rodgers comes on down to Carolina and then Charlotte next year and not Jimmy Garoppolo, we can go ahead and win us a Super Bowl chip too with some grit at quarterback position. So shout out to the NFL season, man. I'm going to miss football already, but uh, we're going to go ahead and jump into some NBA because that's going to keep us going through the winter. It's time for some NBA scores. Absolutely. So we're going to go ahead and crank that off with um, Monday night scores from Monday, January the 31st. Uh, the Cavaliers over the Pelicans, 93 to 90. Uh, Kevin Love with the double double in that game, 15 and 11. Had the Pacers uh, top the Clippers, uh, pause, 122 to 116. Um, let me see here. The 76ers beat the Grizzlies, 122 to 119. The Celtics over the Heat, 122 to 92. Uh, the Knicks, my Knicks. Uh, beating the Kings 116 and 96. We had the Raptors beating the Hawks 106 to 100. Uh, Wardell Curry's Golden State Warriors, Warriors uh, 122 over the Rockets 108. And lastly, the Thunder, the Oklahoma City Thunder, and the Trailblazers battle it out in a who can score the lowest in the league in a 98 <laughs> to 81 win for the Thunder. Um, so shout out to those teams. Um, the Warriors, again, doing what they got to do. Uh, before I throw it to you, Big Cliff, pause. Uh, the, I just want to make one quick correction. Last week, I mentioned uh, the Grayson Allen situation, and I alluded to the fact that he was still on the Grizzlies. Um, you know, he's a member of the Bucks or whatever, so I did want to clarify that. Because, again, it was just an illusion because I said, you know, he took John Morant shine for the week or whatnot. But did want to correct myself here. All right, no worries, no worries, no worries. Indeed. So anything that stand out to you with those NBA scores or the NBA as a whole over the past week? Um, the biggest thing that has stood out to me, um, of course, the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, I'm a little bit hurt, man. Like, I had to suffer through uh, football season with the Carolina Panthers showing a certain level of ineptitude. The roller coaster ride that is the, Car the the Los Angeles Lakers is really, really starting to get on my nerves. We'll get a, a bunch of players back and we'll play good and then we'll turn around and lose a game. And then we lose like three straight and then we win a game that we shouldn't have won. And then we lose like two more back to back. Um, this team is going nowhere fast. Uh, and I've got a hot take. I will not be surprised if LeBron James retires at the end of the season. 
Now that's a hot take, bro. All right. All of that other stuff that you were saying about the Lakers the past couple of weeks, <laughs> cold as ice. But that is a hot take right there. I, I like that. I like that. It's a bold, hot, like that's a bold stance and a, and a very hot take. That, that's something that's something very spicy to proclaim, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Did you catch any of the game when they came to Charlotte? I mean, you and a couple of my frat brothers are Lakers fans. Did y'all catch any nosebleed seats? Did y'all go to the game? It was a last minute choice. We we did start looking at tickets, but uh, the nosebleed seats were like one hundred and eighty, hundred ninety, two hundred dollars, and I'm not about that for. Oh, that's it. Bleed. That's it. Oh, okay, cool. Well, Come game, on, as a Laker lifer, you game on you. With no LeBron, no AD, no chance, no go. hope. Uh, now no Malik I did, Monk either. No Malik Monk coming back to Charlotte. Yeah, no, I wasn't. I wasn't paying. Now had LeBron and all of them been playing, and it, it likely would have been a good game. We might have could have just said, you know what? Let's go ahead on a splurge. It wouldn't have been it, for no nosebleeds because I'm I'm just I'm I, I, I bro, like my nose not to bleed. But um, just to correct you though, it was a good game. Is you're saying like you wanted to see a routing and a, and a true Lakers Lakers lashing on the Hornets? In is other that words. not what a good game looks like? <laughs> Anytime nah, the Lakers can just Russ, destroy them, no, he gets nothing. <laughs> Shout out. There's the reason I'm shouting him out. I have never seen anybody besides um, was that Malik Monk that um, MJ slapped over the top of the head, yep. over the back of the head. Mm-hmm. So I've never seen anybody frustrate MJ uh, with the exception of Malik Monk more than Russell Westbrook <laughs> did on game night. There was one there, and I had to find the clip online just to send it to you, bro. But again, he had that look that a daddy has. Whenever you break something in the house, now you know the dad knows that, that you know the dad knows that he's responsible for it, and you go, God, yeah, you know what yep. I mean. That, that was the look that MJ gave, and he turned his back in the little owner's box, and, and, and of course they caught it on priceless. camera. That's that was the priceless thing about it, bro. I was watching that live, and I could not start stop laughing. I texted you in real time when it happened. <laughs> It was hilarious. It was hilarious. It's like one of those old Steve Spurrier take the uh, the visor off and throw it on the ground type move. Yeah, he was. And, and so in case you guys don't know what he's talking about, there was a point where the Lakers uh, were starting to come up, get a pretty good comeback on the Hornets. They were down um, significantly and came back in the fourth quarter. And it looked like the Lakers had begun to turn the tide. But the Hornets did end up going and winning that game 117-114. But uh, yeah, MJ was up there like, I know they're not going to let them come in here. Hot dog gun it. <laughs> <laughs> Lost all of his faculties about Everything. Him, so. His wits were not about him. <laughs> but no, um, basketball for me right now is, um, and, and I hate as who I am to admit this, it's, it's not doing it for me <laughs> right now. And, and I don't know if it's just because after the postseason that we had last year, um, coupled with the, the just the excitement of NFL playoffs right now, I've not yet had a chance to get into it. Now, I, I think around the All-Star break, like many fans, and I, I, I hate to be a casual, fair-weather, regular fan, but I think around the All-Star break, as is, is the playoff race comes a bit more into focus, uh, I may be able to get a little bit more into it. But right now, I'm just kind of barely watching games and things like that and you know with the new gig and then we 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 live real lives we get the privilege to come out and join you guys in your homes every wednesday on your favorite podcast app or because you told your smart speaker play carolina sports talk but uh we live real lives out here too and so you know we starting jobs and everything and folks is busy but the joy of sports man it keeps us going and it's it's what we do it's why we we love what we do um and so basketball finals it's niche for me Indeed. And, and well, this right now coming up is kind of that uh, 
that sweet spot of the year, if you will, to whereas you have this Super Bowl, you're going to have the All-Star break. You'll have CIAA, of course, going on or the conference conference tournaments and stuff with college basketball all culminated with the big with the big dance and 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 college basketball's premier tournament. And and of course, so Charlotte has always played host to uh, one of the regions with that. Mm-hmm. But it, it it ushers us right into the springtime and into good weather, yep. you know, from from the, the the brute cold of like the Super Bowl and going to Super Bowl parties and maybe mm-hmm. having chili or wings and all of that stuff. And it gradually again, like where it's each weekend, even on the Grammys weekend, it's just each weekend you have something to look forward to. But to your point, when that all star game drops, you know, people, a lot of people's you know, that viewership kind of goes up a little bit with the league. And there was a lot of things last year. I think this year, maybe a little bit more parody in a lot of ways is kind of a John Morant season to me, mm-hmm. if you will. So it's like, if it's not John Morant or Steph Curry on the TV screen right now, I'm just simply not entertained all the way. Like <laughs> last year was an anomaly because the way that um, Randall was playing for the Knicks and everything like that, it was like, uh, you know, as we alluded to, he's, an in-shape Zion Williams. <laughs> Sorry for the shot. Sorry for the shot, Zion. But he's just, a, you know, a Zion Williamson that works out pretty much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because I'm sorry. And he's from Carolina. So we should right, it's even be worse. beating up on him like we do. But I saw him in a commercial and I was like, man, this guy is big. That's a defensive tackle. And I don't know if you know it, the commercial I'm talking about. No, huh? Which one? Oh, okay. I, I can't recall the product or anything. It might be like a chips commercial or something, but he's in like a Pelicans like warm-up suit or whatever like that. Or, or you know what I mean? Like guy. a kind of track suit. But and I'm like, yo. Coming from a big guy, clearly big cliff. It's like you got to stay on it, bro. Cause like and, and the thing that bothers me, there's pictures, and it's like, are y'all photoshopping those? Because I see this picture where he's cut and he's ripped and he's solid. And then I see like these videos. Where he's not, and it's like what's something, something going on? Unless the pictures are just that old, but it's <laughs> and and I digress. Like I said, I was just taking a shot, but um, at the same time, like I said last year, it was a couple of things that you could kind of look at and look forward to and stuff with the league and everything like that. Some of the um, your boy down in Atlanta, uh, you know Trey and and all of that, like uh, Ice Trade Gang. But random you know, question: If you had ball spots like that to the top of your head, would you just do? I the- kind of do. But go ahead. But I wasn't gonna put you out and, there. But to right, save space, bro. But go ahead. So, <laughs> so if it was like just a hereditary like ball head type thing, would you get? Would you do like the the spray joint and cover it up, or are you going just full bald? Knowing that you have that millions of eyes looking at you nightly with a camera coming from on top Mm -hmm. and on high where that's clearly visible and you got the the, the barge baby hair. My grade is more of a non-ether, you know what I mean, coily black man grade. Mm -hmm. And his is kind of like uh, Arabian, Persian, you know what I mean? Donald Trump. Maybe even Spanish. Uh, that, come on, that's a low blow, bro. No, it's it's not Donald Trump esque. It's more like okay, he's the he's the clerk at the corner store. Like he's the clerk. He's the clerk at the bodega. Like it's I not like that. I can see that. Yeah, it, it, again, it's it's kind of Middle Eastern, if you will. Like 
So, yeah, that, I mean, listen, they call it male pattern baldness, I guess, or whatever like that. Mm -hmm. And, again, we digress, bro. But the NBA (laughs) is not what it was last year. Let's just put it like that. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Ice Trade again, man. Definitely. And, and and there is some good basketball being played and, and we'll we'll keep an eye on it coming up after the all-star break. But he, there's some folks who definitely need some help <laughs> out there in the league. And as a matter of fact, still Cavs still being sneaky on you. The Cavaliers. Low key, they they playing ball. What is their record right now? Are they look a couple games over um, five hundred? I think weekend. it's thirty no, not a couple, bro. It is thirty one and twenty, and they're sixteen and nine at home. Mm. They gonna mess with, you think they'll make any noise in the playoffs? Perhaps. Like I said, you can't you can't ever um what am I looking to say? You can't ever underestimate the value of the leadership gotcha. and things like that. You can't. Gotcha. Definitely. Um uh, well, we were talking about help. Maybe they can get some help just before or just after the uh all-star breaking before the trade deadline. So We'll definitely keep an eye on the Cavaliers and, and the Bulls and see if they can get healthy and some of these other teams on the East as well as the West just getting ready to finish out the season on an upswing. But as we're talking about help, uh, if you guys need any help with your auto, home, life, or health insurance, we got a good friend, friend of the show, Mr. Grant Williams, an agent down in Columbia, South Carolina with Farm Bureau Insurance. He's willing to help you out and get whatever your needs are taken care of and satisfied. And if you mentioned that you heard from heard of uh, heard of him here with Carolina Sports Talk, just mention the code Big Cliff, and he'll make sure to give you a nice discount along with whatever rates he's able to get for you. So make sure you hit up my guy, Grant Williams, with Farm Bureau Insurance for your auto, home, life, and health insurance. You can reach him at 803 803- Six nine nine seven five six four extension two, or just go ahead and shoot him a call on his cell phone eight four three four five three five two five seven. Grant Williams with Farm Bureau Insurance. And at this time, we're going to go ahead and move straight into big deal, no thing. That's a big deal. Nah, that ain't no thing. Where we talk about different headlines in sports and let you know whether it's a big deal or not a thing. Uh, I'm gonna kick it off this week with us. the NBA logo has dis- has, a- has had his lifetime season tickets to the Lakers revoked via text message. Is that a big deal or that's no thing? Who, who are we talking about? Jerry Garcia? Jerry West. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I got to get my Jerry's right. Yeah. No. You don't I even mean, get a whole one, just a part of one. <laughs> I exactly. Because I'm clearly saying that clearly. in jest. But yeah, I'll, um, I'm going to explain why it's a big deal. But yeah, big deal. Okay. That's a big deal. And I was split on this, but I knew what you would be like, come on, Hedgy Murphy. So I'm going to say, nah, that ain't no thing. Why is it a big deal, bro? Okay. And then this is, again, straight to the point, Charles Oakley. We see see how Charles Oakley, his Mm. treatment at the Madison Square Garden, um, and also one Spike Lee, but more or less Charles Oakley, okay? A Nick Lifer. And I I did mean to turn this into a Nick's uh, topic, but... (laughs) When it happened with uh, <laughs> Sir Dolan and what he did with Charles Oakley, I saw then some of these organizations just don't care. Okay. And, and this is, it's indicative of uh, losing fanhood. Um, it, it contributes mm. to people losing faith in the organization. And it's a sad thing to see. So it, it, it also is indicative of the organization smelling themselves or feeling that they're bigger than, who's built them and who's made them. And this is an example of that. So not only did Jerry West help 
to build what the brand of the Lakers is. But again, like we uh, alluded to, he's the logo, the NBA logo. So it's definitely a big deal to me that uh, that they did it via text message at that. Uh, You know, I didn't get any background information if he was caught up in any scandals or anything like that or if there was any reason for this. But I do know that he was promised it, I want to say, by the late uh, Dr. Buss. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, you know, it's it's definitely a big deal. Here's why it's not a thing. It what had me on the fence before we get to here's why it's a big deal. Not a thing. The thing that had me feeling like it was a big deal was one, the way that they did it. And two. The fact that they did it, knowing that Dr. Buss promised them or promised him those tickets. Now, what I can say is why it's not a big deal, because it's a bunch of family drama. Mr. West has been working for other uh, organizations and other franchises in the NBA for some time now at this point. Yes, there is a fission between him and the Lakers and that he did a lot to contribute. And it goes all the way back to um, Buss or him feeling like um, Buss negated or reneged on an agreement to get a million dollar bonus if he signed Shaquille O'Neal. Um, and so there's going all the way back to Shaq coming in. There's been some beef with him in the franchise that through time and with the, with the death of Dr. Buss and with Jeannie not being, you know, her daddy, um, that there's some division. It is what it is. But if you're not, you're not even rocking with the franchise, bro, break rules on them tickets, man. We're not going to keep giving you stuff for you to be just holding on to or selling or just popping up whenever you want to. And you you, you the ops at this point? Nah, bro. That ain't no thing. Slide. Let me get them tickets up off you, cuz. Again, they could have done it better with, than with a text to his wife. They could have done it in, in a better way if they were going to do it, period. But nah, that ain't no thing. Come up off them tickets. This is numbers there. in the rafters? Bruh, you can't tell me I'm nothing. I'm just asking. Though, I'm asking, bro. I'm, I'm just asking. No, 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 not you specifically. Yes, but that don't mean nothing to me. Because if your numbers was in the rafters and you was legit like rocking with us, rocking with us, then yeah, pull up. That's like the like the Cleveland saying, "Hey, yo, LeBron, man, we know you won us our championships and you did all this with us, but uh, and even though you were the Lakers now, and man, we'll give you a parking spot outside the arena just whenever you decide you want to come back over here and watch a game with us." No. No. I'm not doing it, bro. He's probably going to get a statue. You say LeBron what? LeBron probably get it. LeBron will probably get, if does he does he have a statue in Cleveland already? No, I don't believe so. Okay, no. he's probably going to get one out there. So mm. uh, I feel what you're saying. Uh, let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> well, there comes a time when we must say goodbye. You know, you've terrorized this league for 22 years. You know. You came and you broke my Panthers' hearts in the Super Bowl based on the John Casey kick that went wrong. You have cheated, you have manipulated, and you have been a thorn in the side of every Atlanta Falcons fan in history. Mr. Tom Brady, TB12, has retired from the game of football. And I, for one, say good riddance. Do I respect you and acknowledge you as the greatest quarterback of all time? Probably. Am I glad that you are no longer in my division? Definitely. So shout out to Mr. Tom Brady. Giselle said come on home, so he is coming home. Tom Brady retires after 22 years in the NFL. Dog, what what are your thoughts, man? Uh, TB12 is out of Tampa. Big deal, no thing. I guess it's a big deal if I didn't give. 
<laughs> well, a whole yeah. song to him, but I wanted to say, yeah, big deal. No thing, I think we got to try to get the boys to men instrumental on there. I think I, I know I, for one, am tired of hearing Nate and Wanye whenever we're trying to get okay, but nevertheless, nevertheless, it's no thing for me. Wow, nah, that ain't no thing. Okay, clearly, I say it's a That's big deal, a big but go ahead, deal. yeah. Um, outside of me really missing the fact that TB12 would do things like post some of the latest hip hop and show how much he rocks with the, you know, the hip hop community, if you will. Uh, he's down Whenever he go to certain, yeah, certain teams <laughs> that he would beat. Like if he beat uh, Chicago, he might play Love Sosa by Chief Keef or something like that on Instagram <laughs> and stuff. So he would do like little subtle things like that, that I really, really rocked with. But, um, and of course he's out of our division for, you know, his, that, that was really his, the Tampa, let's, let's be real. The Tampa Bay thing was kind of a, a, a precursor to the retirement. Of course, it was like, it was like a, a vacationing kind of like, you know, he wasn't really even, it was, all right, I'm out here. I'm chilling. You know, I'm, so, I played in cold <laughs> new England for 20 years, 19 years. And now I'm a, I'm a chill out and get, a, get another tip and, and grab a couple more M's down here in tax free Florida. Yeah. So, but no, it's, it's no thing for me because it was, it was honestly, he's 44. All right. Yeah, yeah. He's five years, four, six years, five, five or six years away from 50, even though he looks like he's, you know what I mean? 32 still whenever mm-hmm. he's on the field. But plastic the guy's surgery. Old. Oh, excuse me. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's no thing, man. I was ex- I was kind of anticipating this move um, in the offseason. Uh, yeah, it's no thing for me. Here, here's what Tam, just listening to you, I realized what Tom Brady did. Uh, after having his storybook Hall of Fame career up in New England, he said, you know what? Before I retire, let me go and get my PTO days that I got saved up. There you <laughs> go. There you go. <laughs> let me go ahead and take these last couple, these little two years worth of vacation time. I might pop in the office, see what's going on. And even during I mean, that time. think he, about. <laughs> right. He ain't no, worried about that. Ahead. Like, I don't need this check. Y'all play with me. I'll leave tomorrow. I'll A, B out here. Even, <laughs> even worse. Even worse. You know what? Let's take Let's take two super yachts on the water <laughs> and you know what let's play catch with the super bowl trophy with just so i can show y'all just so i can show y'all how much i don't care like i'm doing this because i'm bored bro like i'm, I'm out of here anyway i got mine but he does retire as the winning winningest uh player in super bowl history seven championships bro i don't ever see anybody getting to seven again do you see that no, I mean, and, and better yet, in all seriousness, you take a look at it, it's, it's it's something, of course, story for a movie as far as how he got um, into the starting lineup and, and didn't uh, give that, you know, and, and of course, the rest was history. But when you look at his combine run and then take it to like the look of, of um, victory and stuff in Tampa Bay with a Super Bowl victory, but go from his combine run all the way through his season. I mean, all the way through his career to that. Just looking um, unathletic with them big shorts and t-shirts. But and 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 throughout his career, cursing, you know, it 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 was like somebody like Phillip Rivers, him cursing out a D lineman or, or telling a D talking trash to a D lineman, it's a little bit different. All right. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's it's more respect, it's more respectful whenever it comes from Tom. Like it's more of a, a gamesmanship thing whenever Tom was showing his competitive side, even though 
again, the guy do anything to win him. And then him and Belichick combined would definitely do anything to win. So yeah. Shout out to DB 12, man. Well, I say it's a big deal. Cause again, He's the winningest quarterback in history, man. It's a big deal. It's, it's literally the end of the era. If you think back to your Peyton Manning, your Big Bens, your Toms, your uh, Drew Breeses of the world, or Philip Rivers even, um, that was the era of our maturation where we saw some of the greatest quarterback play in the history of the league to this point, um, and, and they were all playing together, playing against each other. And with Tom and Ben officially retiring this year, you can throw even Eli Manning into that. Um, it's the end of an era, so uh, it's a big deal. I, I did talk to Trash and give him the whole song, but at the end of the day, Tom Brady has earned my respect as the greatest quarterback to ever play the game of football. So like you said, shout out to TB12. Uh, as we move forward, um, Brian Flores is suing the National Football League um, and three other teams alleging racial discrimination. First of all, uh, happy Black History Month, folks. And second of all, Big deal or no thing? Mm-hmm. Way to kick this thing off. But yeah, big deal, certainly. That's a big deal. And I, I agree. That's a big deal. Uh, why do you say, bro? I mean, for all the apparent reasons, um, again, gives me the first thing that I thought was, where's a... <laughs> oh, here we go. Here where's we go. Colin Kaepernick? Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? But... <laughs> Again, I think we were just talking about the Rooney Rule, perhaps either on the show or just in conversation with each other. And my, I had, uh, it's it's a huge deal. He's actually made Matt Rule trending on Twitter uh, today for all the wrong reasons. So they're taking shots at Matt Rule because they're saying one Brian Flores, Todd Bowles, uh, the enemy, and they're saying all, and they've got the greater sign. And they, put, they say they that, but when Matt Rule wins some games next year, it'll be a new song, man. They'll they'll, they'll sing a little different. Listen, don't don't but, defend the Carolina Panthers that you're about to abandon. All right, now, listen, shout out to Jimmy G. Now, <laughs> dog, if they listen, it you is were just what it singing is. a different song. Listen, it is what it is. If he is foolish enough to do that, then they might be right. But I don't, I don't believe so, and I'm not going to say it. Uh, for me, it's a big deal also. Um, for those of you who may not know, Brian Flor- Flor- Flores is the former head coach of the Miami Dolphins. And on Tuesday afternoon, he filed a lawsuit against the NFL, the Giants, the Broncos, and the Dolphins organizations for alle- alleged racial discrimination. Uh, basically, what happened is um, he had an interview scheduled for, with the Giants for their vacant, vacant, ho- vacant head coaching position. Uh, and he feels like they were under disingenuous circumstances. He found out three days before the interview with the Giants that they had already decided to hire Brian DeBowell, um, who is their current coach and who they actually hired. Um, and so did you find out how he found out, bro? No. So he found out three days. <laughs> oh, this was, this was like one of those major. So anyway, he found out three days before because he got a text from Bill Belichick the head coach of the New England Patriots. Uh, the text said, sounds like you have landed. Congrats. He texted to Bill to Flores, according to the screenshots of the conversation that Flores has submitted for the lawsuits. Um, he said, did you hear something I didn't? And Belichick uh, replied, Giants, exclamation mark, question mark, exclamation mark, question mark. Um, and Flores replied, I have an interview on Thursday. I think I have a shot at it. Got it. I hear from Buffalo and New and New York Giants that you are their guy, Belichick replied. 
Later, Flores sought some clarification. Coach, are you talking about buying Flores or DeBowl? Flores asked, just making sure. And Bilicek's reply was, sorry, I effed this up. Wrong guy. Sorry, I effed this up. I double-checked and misread the text. I think they are naming DeBowl. Sorry about that. He had already, Bill Belichick knew three days before the man even had an interview that they had already picked who their coach was and who they wanted. Yeah, and he was texting the wrong guy pretty much. Exactly. The wrong Brian. The wrong Brian. He heard Brian, and because he had that relationship with Flores, he thought Brian, but no, they were talking about Brian DeBowl, who was their actual pick. But they had already picked and selected the guy before they had the interview. Now, anybody who's ever interviewed for a position or even been the interviewer, know that you have your favorites and who you're likely to select. But in most instances, you still keep an open mind even though you're in a lot of ways comparing them to the individual um, when when you're interviewing them. And if they're not meeting that standards, that's who you're going to stick with. But in this instance in the NFL, they pick who they want. And then because of the Rooney rule that they have to interview African-American through. candidates, right. they still pick their guy and say, oh, all right, now let's go get a black guy that we can say that we check the box. And so right. it's truly disingenuous. And and the fact that he has this 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 evidence at this point um, I really see this being um, some issues for the NFL, and they're going to try to weasel their way out of it, and it very likely may end in some type of um, settlement similar to what the um, Patrick, Mah- Patrick Mahomes, the Colin Kaepernick cases did. But it's a big deal that currently one out of 27 head coaches employed in the NFL is black, and five teams without a head coach in a league where roughly 70% of the players are black, bro. Um, there's two other uh, coaches who are uh, minority, one Puerto Rican, of course, of one me- uh, Mexican, Mr. Ron Rivera, um, and then one of Lebanese. But like, it, it doesn't make any sense that the representation is not there. They said for a long time that, oh, well, African-Americans don't have the experience as uh, offensive minded individuals like that. Most of them are coming from the defense. And so they began to see a trend of black coaches DCs. going to the uh, to the OC, to the offensive side to gain that experience. And then it's, oh, well, they don't have the management style that we need. And da 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 If you look at the owners in this league, and I just mentioned the number of head coaches that aren't. The representation is not there. Seventy percent of this league is African American, and and they're not given the, the the chances. I hope he wins, just for the sake of not to say oh, some affirmative action and put black coaches in certain positions, but they have the, the the opportunities and and the capabilities. Excuse me, they have the capabilities, just not the opportunities. Put them in there. Let them get a chance to show what they can do. Thoughts? Yeah, no, I agree uh, wholeheartedly. One. <clears throat> Shout out to the University of Miami, but one Ken Dor and and Carolina Panthers former quarterbacks coach, but one Ken Dorsey is on the fast track right now, <laughs> super fast track. <laughs> he might be a head coach before the end of next season, but um, you know, it's examples like that, and younger people, younger guys, and like I said, even they've thrown Matt Rule under the bus on Twitter and in the Twitter sphere. Um, where you see all of these examples of people getting opportunities and, and not to mention opportunities, but the coaching carousel that happens every season where you see the same familiar names. They may have been unsuccessful, super unsuccessful at uh, particular organizations, but it's such a boys club um, that they're always going to land on their feet somewhere. I mean, we joked about it earlier this season mm-hmm. and those spots that those vacancies that are filled could be filled by much more 
uh, qualified candidates. I mean, you look at a Mike Tomlin and the history that he's made in Pittsburgh. And the again, outside of the X's and O's, him contributing to building men, holding men accountable for their own actions, and also um, just consistently putting out high performance whenever it comes to that coaching level. There's something to be said about the characteristics, quite simply, of a black man and, and what they can bring to the table from, again, the type of character that that some of these people have, says that some of these men have. Even with that point that you said, to be a black man leading black men, you 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 it's it's the same thing the argument that's led in well we need more black men in education at early L levels and stuff. Representation matters. There are certain things that as a role model and a position uh to be able to reach and teach these young men that you can provide and 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 again in a league that is 70% black that you can be able to reach them in a way that some white coaches can't. Does that mean that X and O's that you're automatically superior? No. Does that mean that they're automatically going to be able to reach more and everyone? No. But there are some who cannot and will not be able to be reached except for in that instance. Um, One other thing about this that really kind of pisses me off a bit is the fact that it does not seem like it's going to change. Um, When when asked about it, the, the Giants released a statement that said, quote, we are pleased and confident with the process that resulted in the hiring of Brian DeBole, <laughs> the team's statement read. We interviewed an impressive and diverse group of candidates. The fact of the matter is, Brian Flores was in the conversation to be our head coach until the 11th hour. Ultimately, we hired the individual we felt was most qualified to be our next head coach, end quote. Um, that is trash, bro. Basically, mm-hmm. and it's like that is such like media speak to say, um, listen, we like how we did our thing. <laughs> we thought about dude and he we, we thought about him for a while, but we just pick who we wanted. The end. It's like, bro, that's not an excuse or, or a reason or a justification to have hired your coach and you just placating this man when he really is. First of all, the the fact of how he got out of there in in uh I started to say Dallas and with the Dolphins in Miami was trash within itself. To have two consecutive winning seasons, yes, he missed the playoffs in both of those years. But the team finished strong and was on the tick and on, headed in the direction that you would want your team to be. And for him to get fired just means they wanted somebody else in that position anyway. So he's been dealing with a lot uh, in, in a lot of different ways. This is going to be jeopardized um, to his career in the NFL. Um, like with Gruden, with Gruden doing his lawsuit, I'm pretty sure that, that for me, I don't see nobody else hiring him. I hope that the, the same doesn't hire, help happen with Flores. Um, we see Colin Kaepernick has not had a job since, um, so it could potentially really be dam- and damaging to his career. But um, we we applaud one, him for taking absolutely. the stand. So shout out to and Brian Flores, man. One thing about that as well, um, you know, we'll keep the applause going. But the the big difference between um, him and Colin Kaepernick is again he doesn't have to be uh, necessarily. In, you know, on the on the uh, field and in between the hash lines performing. Uh, so there's different levels, of course. You know, the money may not be the same, but, you know, you've got the uh, the uh, the popularity and the the newfound fame kind of of a lot of these HBCUs and how sexy it is for HBCUs and things like that, how, how that's becoming a, a, a big thing. And then also just big programs in college period that that can cut some ads that can cut that check. So there there will be I think a, a but and again his passion probably is in pros is in the pros. 
Um, you know, there's a lot of things that go into head coaches choosing between NCAA or high school versus the NFL. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of it being a check, but also some guys just don't want to deal with uh, raising up men for about three or four years and then having to do it all over again and, and worry about recruiting and stuff like that. So, <clears throat> you know, it, it, it's something to be said uh, that I think his options are a little bit more vast. If he did, if, you know, again, if he does get shunned out and, and he's not touched at all by the NFL or, or uh, blacklisted, no play on words intended by the NFL or blackballed, I think his, you know, there's still some options out there. It may not be as attractive, but he, he'll still be able to, you know, he can be a martyr for this situation and right. still kind of land on his feet. Yeah, and and we hope he does definitely hang land on his feet. One quick thing I wanted to mention that you um, or talk about that you mentioned with the resurgence of the HBCUs before we get off a big deal, no thing. Um, it's a lot of attention being paid there, and a lot of old player NFL players are going to be head coaches, and there's a certain resurgence going, and everybody's got their attention focused on the HBCUs. But there is a tweet that I saw this week that kind of stood out to me. It said. South Carolina State has more NFL Hall of Famers than Clemson. North Carolina A&T has more than Cincinnati or Coastal. Grambling has the same amount as the University of Georgia. We don't need anybody to save HBCU football. We just need y'all to come home. <laughs> it, it, it stood out to me because it's true. The players have mm-hmm. always gone there, and, and it's always been a pathway for them to the NFL. And again, coming from the small schools, going to the league, there are certain men who are going to be able to reach them. Brian Flores was a man who was able to reach certain kind of players. And so um, we hope, like you said, that he definitely does land on his feet. At this time, as we move forward, it's time for nothing to do with sports. We'll turn it over to my main man, DJ Highstar, to take us on through. All right, and thank you for not bringing up the Warriors uh, game, upcoming game against the Spurs. Now, uh, <laughs> nah, but um, I want to take a quick moment, y'all. I uh, don't want to serious everything out too, too much, but um, and I, I, need, I need your assistance here a little bit, uh, Big Cliff, but um, Miss Univ, excuse me, I'm sorry, uh, Miss USA, I want to say, um, let me get her name right. Miss Chelsea Christ, mm-hmm. uh, former Miss USA, rather. Um, she uh, succumbed, if you will, or transitioned uh, on January 30th. Uh, she was, you know, currently at, I believe she was working as an extra correspondent. Uh, the tragic thing regarding it uh, is that it was, you know, again, ruled self-inflicted and ruled a suicide. Um she was in a 60-story a building, and I believe that the reports came out that she uh, jumped from, like, the 21st floor or, or, or something like that. It's just, you know, a horrible story uh, that came out. Now, Miss um, Chris, with, with all respect due to her and her family, um, she had an MBA. Uh, she was first Miss North Carolina as well. So, again, shout out to the Carolinas and everything like that. Uh, but more importantly, she was a daughter, a sister, a mentor, a colleague to many. Um, and, you know, again, uh, it's just a, a tragic thing. I'm, I'm almost, you know, pretty much at a loss of words, as y'all can see. And I, I, she was also an attorney as well. Of course, being Miss USA, you're considered one of the top, you know, most attractive people in the galaxy or whatnot. So a lot of people, uh, you know, a string of the check on your strong friends, 
tweets and, and posts were coming out after this thing. Uh, but it, you know, again, it just goes to show, you know, we always feel like the grass is greener on the other side and, and that uh, people may have it better than us or a better life than us and stuff like that. And we never know the internal battles that that people are going to going through rather. So, um, you know, it's been two straight weeks of a moment of silence, but I did want to show some reverence and provide her with that respect uh, with us giving her at least a, a moment of silence. And then Big Cliff, I'll let you kind of chime in there. All right. Thank y'all. Um, Big Cliff, any words or uh, anything to contribute to the situation? Mental health is important. It's a topic within many communities, uh, particularly uh, POC families, that is not talked about readily, but it is important. Um, talk to your friends. Talk to whomever you need to to get the help that you need. Um, everybody goes through struggles, and we just wish her family the best and pray for her and those who may be struggling silently in this time. So, uh, absolutely. To, I wanted to also to provide, absolutely. Um, I wanted to also provide some resources for anybody out there. Of course that may be going through anything or know someone that is going through anything. The national suicide prevention lifeline. Um, you can, uh, dial 1-800-273-TALK or 1-800-273-8255. 55. Again, 1-800-273-8255. Or you can text the, the word STRENGTH, S-T-R-E-N-G-H, excuse me, S-T-R-E-N-G-T-H to the crisis text line at 741-741. Um, and also, of course, the suicidepreventionlifeline.org is the website that you can visit as well, suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Um, but again, uh, you know, uh, rest, rest in power uh, to that queen. Um, it's just a, a heartbreaking situation. Again, it seemingly had it all. And, um, and for, for her life to, to transition this way, it was just a, a tragic thing. Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I had actually one more thing for nothing to do with sports and, May kind of lighten the mood back up a little bit, but uh, the Ezekiel Zeke Cross saga. Okay, uh, where do we start? Where do we end? Okay, uh, if for any of my fans of Power uh, Power Book, uh, the Ghost series, or the one with the one with Tariq, as I like to call it, uh, Tariq St. <laughs> Patrick is currently attending Stansfield University. Uh, at Stansfield University, he attends and was tutoring one Ezekiel Zeke Cross, who uh, was introduced in the show as a freshman basketball prodigy. Um, you know, to me, I kind of look like I could probably put a bucket or two up on on dog, but he does. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I we haven't seen anything spectacular from him or, or um, lights out from him highlight wise and stuff whenever he does play in the games, but he's supposedly, you know, the top prospect and all of this and that. Um, it's just been a wild ride for Zeke, Ezekiel Zeke cross. He's just found out that one Monet, Mary J. Blige, Stuart Tejada is his mother, which has portrayed his aunt for his whole life. Okay. And it was also revealed to him that his real date of birth was October 21st, 1998, and not 2002, 
which he had believed to be his real date of birth his entire life. So he is four that, years older than he thought he was. <laughs> meaning that when he was at his four-year-old birthday, he was like, yeah, I'm one. I'm one. So, uh, again, this is truly nothing to do with sports, but I wanted to send a prayer out to Ezekiel, Zeke Cross, uh, because they, they're pretty much, he's his, his worst dreams have been confirmed where the Bleacher Report and everybody has found out that he's lied about his age and that he may not be eligible for the nba draft now because of him lying about his age in what world does this happen the world where they jump sharks on tv but nevertheless <laughs> nevertheless um y'all go ahead and send in y'all emails and and even contribute to carolina sports talk talk back about what should happen with zeke and what will what do you think will happen with zeke Shout out to the power watchers out here, man. Y'all boys some fiends for your show, man. <laughs> it's the best comedy. It's the best sitcom on TV right now. <laughs> Listen, I don't know. The elementary, what's the school show? Uh... Oh, Abbott Elementary. But no, I say, I say that that's the best sitcom uh, very sarcastically, meaning uh, that it's, it's, it's not, not even supposed to be a sitcom. <laughs> exactly, bro. It, it's supposed to be very dramatic. Yo, let's get out of here, man. You got anything to holler to people before we go? <laughs> uh, I got a, a little freestyle floating around there uh, that I contributed to. Shout out to the Real Cyphers mm. of Charlotte. And I went ahead and, and posted that. Um, so y'all go ahead and check that out for your boy and leave a comment under my IG page, either DJ underscore High Star or High Star Bars. Of what was your favorite bar from the freestyle, man? Uh, that's about it, though, for me. Yeah, man, we got some big things coming this month, man. You see my dog out here in the real rap, real rap cyphers of Charlotte. Um, DJ High Star has, has got some gigs coming through, man. So y'all keep your eyes open for my dude. Carolina Sports Talk, it does celebrate Black History Month all year long. Yeah, I said that all year long, 365 Black. But we've got some uh, interviews coming up that hopefully you guys can get some histor historical perspective from some great folks coming up soon. But uh, in the meantime, this has been Carolina Sports Talk. It's your man, Big Cliff. Thank you for tuning in on your favorite podcast app. Next time, tell your smart speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. You can hit us up to be a part of the show, Cliff, at carolinasportstalk.net. But make sure you check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Carolina Sports Talk or jump in on the Facebook group Carolina Sports Talk Talk Back again it's your man man Big Cliff we appreciate you peace